you know, when we cry out to Jesus, he says, you will answer. And just like one word, one picture from him just can unravel years of destruction and pain. And one word from him can break off any lie. It can heal any wound. It can do anything. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. Well, hello, everybody. We are back. Um, Last week, we had a little fundraising North Texas Giving Day, and we just wanted to say thank you guys for everyone that donated or signed up to be a monthly donor. We are super grateful for you and we couldn't do this without you. So thanks so much for partnering with us. And we'll just hop right into today's story because it is powerful and beautiful. And it's why if you're partnering with us, I think it is a perfect story to show exactly why getting these stories out is so very important. You are listening to Sarah's story. Today is the day. So my name is Sarah and I'm a wife and I'm a mom of three awesome young men. And during the day I work with junior high and high school students. And it's just a joy because I get to see what God is doing in this generation. So that's my, that's my day job. So I was asking Laura where to start, and so anyways, this is where I'm going to start. In December of 2020, my husband and I got COVID for Christmas. After about 10 days, felt fine, went back to work. A couple days after that, um, I had some really, just a lot of weakness, and I started feeling really strange, and something I knew was really wrong And so I came home, I was having a lot of dizziness, it was getting worse, and I decided I needed to go to the hospital. So the doctor saw me there, she took my blood pressure, laying and then sitting and then standing, which is when I blacked out. So what happened was, as I changed position, my blood pressure would drop about 30 points or more. Um, And so she had the insight to kind of pre-diagnose that as something called POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And what that means is just that your autonomic system is on the fritz. And your autonomic system is, think about it as any automatic system in your body, things that you don't have to think about, your breathing, your um, blood pressure, your muscle st- reactions, um, your digestion, your heart rate. And so what happened is she then forwarded me to a long line of doctors who were then testing these different things in my body because they just were not working right. And they would say, well, I'm so sorry. You know, we don't really know that much about COVID, but clearly something has happened. And they just kept confirming this is POTS, um, this is POTS. And they, what they thought was that COVID actually did the damage that triggered POTS activating in my body. Um, so really, there's not really anything that you can do. It's just a lifelong disorder that you will live with and you just kind of have to adapt to. So 
that was really, really depressing. I just remember feeling like that was such a hard diagnosis to take because I'm a very active, strong person. And to think that, I mean, I, I couldn't even really walk to my mailbox or anything like that. And so maybe I'll just describe a little bit of how POTS looks. It's very erratic. So it's attacking your autonomic system, which is what controls all of your vital organs. So your body's just um, in this erratic state. And one of the main things is just when you change positions, you can black out. And it's because your blood pressure is not regulated. A normal person would get up out of a chair and your body naturally just regulates the blood pressure and you're good. For me, that didn't happen. It would consistently either drop really low or go really high. The other part for me was that I was having really bad tremors, eating from a spoon or a fork, the food would fall off. And so there was a lot of finger foods uh, during that time. It was just really exhausting. So that would really exhaust my body muscles. I don't really understand it, but I think the autonomic system must control something with the strength of your muscles because I could only stand for a couple minutes at a time without feeling like everything just went limp. And so I was really homebound. Um, I wasn't able to do very much at all. And then there was this whole other neurological side of things, which was my brain and my eyes. One eye went like four times worse in the vision. The other eye was fine in vision, but was having brownouts and blackouts just on one side. And then my brain. The brain was beyond like brain fog. You know, we know that a lot of people with COVID have brain fog, and I did have that, but it got to a point where it felt like brain damage. I remember one time my mom coming over to like make some freezer meals for my family because I couldn't cook and she had the recipe and she gave me one page and she said, why don't you do this part? So I remember looking at the paper and I knew what recipe it was and I could read it, but I couldn't understand it. And so I looked at her and I said, mom, I don't know what this says. And we just both started crying because that's the degree of what was happening neurologically. I couldn't make a thought connection or understand things or process. Something was shut down there. So um, just to kind of pull back another la layer, my marriage was also really struggling. For a couple of years, my husband had just been struggling with some mental health. And so this had been going on before the onset of POTS. I already was feeling very alone. There are some very dark periods that would just last from, you know, a few days to a few weeks. So I, it just created a lot of fear in our house and a lot of unpredictable emotions. And it was just a really, really dark time. Honestly, I just feel like it was just this spirit of fear just totally invaded our home. I wanted to set that context because now there's pots on top of that. And I was in a really, really desperate place. I felt like I was physically suffering. I was emotionally drained and spiritually just really desperate. And I had heard a friend talking about an inner healing session that she had gone through and just really encountered Jesus. And it was like everything in me was just like, I have to do that. I want to, I have to reconnect with Jesus. I feel like all of my senses are like turned off. It's just a really strange feeling. Um, so I did that. I went for an inner healing session with, um, at the time I didn't know her, but now she's a dear friend. 
And she helped me just ask Jesus to start showing me what damage the enemy had done. And we started peeling back these layers of my life and what lies had been holding me in bondage. Um, So she told me to ask Jesus, Jesus, where did this lie start? Show me where this started. And instantly he took me back to one of the hardest memories of my life, which is when I was a teenager, I was about 17. I was an exchange student in Italy to study art. It was an incredible opportunity, but it was also pre-cell phones. And you had to go to like an internet cafe to get on the World Wide Web. And so, you know, like as a teenager, I'm there and it wouldn't be like today where you can still communicate with your family and and all those things. So it's just really different. I'm proud of myself for being so brave to do that. And I was really close with my family. I was raised in an amazing Christian home. My parents are just incredibly faithful. But I would say I didn't really have my own personal encounter with Jesus. I loved him. It just wasn't a deep faith. I think I was still kind of riding on the faith of my parents. Um, So I'm in another country. I have no rules or boundaries. I really fell into just a party lifestyle while I was there. One night I was at a club with my friend and some guys bought us some drinks um, and we accepted them. And that's sort of where my memory stops at that time. So we were drugged and taken. And I woke up at one point in this house and it's the only memory that I have from this time. And I just remember sort of blank walls, looking up at the corner of the room and where the ceiling uh, met the wall. And I was in a ton of pain, but I couldn't move. And then I must have passed back out. um, And I don't know how I got out of that situation. Eventually, uh, my first kind of memory that comes back is just being at that friend's house. Um, And we really just hid there for a couple days, um, physically recovering. We went to a clinic to get some help. And um, when I look back at that hiding, that became a bigger thing in my life. But there was just so much shame. It's really hard to find the words to describe that. Um, Just because of that deep shame, I just hid it for over 20 years. I did not tell a single person. So that's what Jesus brought up in this moment when I asked him, where did the lie start? And I had just asked all these years, like, God, why did you let that happen to me? Like, if Jesus, if you love me and you're my, you know, my friend and you're this close person, like, why would you have left me alone to to go through that. Um, And so the lie that enters there is it's because you're worthless and um, you weren't worth saving. Um, So that lie really took root in my heart and um, just held me in this really guarded mindset. I love Jesus and that was really genuine. And I know he loved people and me to a degree, but there was just this part, maybe he didn't love me quite enough to save me from this thing. Um, So that just started rooting into just a self-hatred and a worthlessness and just a brokenness. And even into adulthood, I found myself coping in really weird ways, self-harming ways, um, major anxiety, uh, disordered eating, 
um, and especially just confused boundaries. When you experience trauma, it really distorts your identity and it distorts what you think is a proper boundary for yourself and for others and how they interact with you. So I just really let people take from me physically and emotionally. So back to this session, I was asking, the question I had already always asked was, God, why did you let that happen to me? Where were you? Why did you leave me alone? And uh, my friend had me ask a different question, which was, Jesus, show me where you were in that memory. And instantly something pinged in my heart because I thought, that's what's true. Like Jesus says he's never going to leave us and never going to forsake us. And that's his promise. So instead of the enemy saying he wasn't there, it's accusation towards God. I started with, okay, God, you said that you're never going to leave me. So Jesus, where were you? And what happened next was incredible because this deep vision happened. So I only have that one picture and it's very blank in my mind, but what he showed me was him there battling for me. And what I felt in that moment was like when he's in the temple and he's righteously angry and he's turning over the tables, that was what I could feel in the picture because I could see myself in the picture and I could see him battling. And then up at the corner of the ceiling and along the ceiling line, I saw the angelic realm like swords drawn, fighting back, dark figures. It was a huge battle scene. And all these years, that one picture has haunted me because I don't have any other memories. It's just this one picture. And when he showed it to me, it just completely rewrote that memory. And I can't, even when I'm trying to describe the old picture, it's like I can't even see it that way anymore. It was the deepest healing I've ever experienced in my life because it was just like he, by showing me what was the truth, it was like it just hit this button and unraveled all of the chains associated with this memory. Um, It's like the hold just completely dissipated out of my memory. And there's just a deep knowing that he was there, that he saw me in that moment, that he was battling for me. And so I asked him another question, like, that's also haunted me, which is, how did I get out of there? Like, what happened? I don't have any memory of that. And I just remember in this vision, it's like he just turns to me and says, don't worry, I carried you home. And that word, that word was all I needed. Like something that just bounces around your brain for years. It was like, it's done. It's finished. It's no more. Like it has no hold. It was just like, he just had this final word and it was just done. Like there's just nothing more. I don't know how to explain that anymore. So, so that encounter with Jesus just healed the deepest place in me and set me free. You know, when we cry out to Jesus, he says, you will answer. And just like one word, one picture from him just can unravel years of destruction and pain. And one word from him can break off any lie. It can heal any wound 
it can do anything. Um, so this is the first miracle that he did for me. There's no external evidence to this miracle, but it was a radical miracle in my life. And I can't unknow the power of what he can do and what he can heal. And so just for anyone listening, I just feel like he can just heal, you know, your deepest pain. All right. Well, that, uh, so that's just the first part. I mean, and I'm already crying. That is definitely an emotional one, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I think that it's so important and so valuable because I think that there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of confusion and a lot of fear wrapped up in the two words, inner healing. And I don't think there needs to be. I think Sarah did a very beautiful job of sharing how God answered so many questions through really a session, a meditation, a quote unquote inner healing with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if you are new to the words inner healing, or if you've been told that that is woo woo or something not for today, or don't go around, don't mess with that stuff. Yeah, something to be fearful of maybe yeah. new agey or too mm-hmm. spiritual. Um, I think there's some fear. Uh, especially like when you you say inner healing and deliverance, deliverance is like, <laughs> yeah, don't go that far. Do, right. But yeah. when it's in the context of we can invite Jesus into memories mm, um, yeah. and really changing the questions that we're asking God um, in those memories can be really powerful. Yeah. I mean, basically she, to me, as she's explaining her inner healing journey or her inner healing encounter, she really did, um, for me, very visually and very uh, succinctly describe like the power of his word, the power of his presence. Mm. With one word, with one vision, she was healed from a traumatic experience mm-hmm. that had plagued her for over 20 years that yeah. the enemy had just entangled in so much shame. And it was rooted in scripture. I think that was cool too, that she yes. talked about, she was like, Oh wow. You know, if God will never leave me, never forsake me, I'm actually believing that he wasn't there. So if I change the question right. based on scripture, you say, you never leave me, never forsake me. So, so where, where were, were you? you? Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's really powerful how that you can trans transform that lie into truth, and then what the truth um, can reveal to you. And, oh, it's and, almost like the truth sets you free. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just think it's we've are in our Western mindsets. We've kind of relegated um, Jesus to the Bible and knowing the Word, and that's all good knowing good scripture but I, mm. what I think that we need to be um, I just hope I pray that people more would be open to experience because I think binding up the brokenhearted which is part of Jesus' ministry um, sometimes requires more than just good theology mm. it requires an encounter Mm-hmm. And when you change, when you can change a memory like she did, then it really does bind up the heart. It binds that wound, and um, so well, her and story is just really powerful. Yeah, um, and you could example. say, you know, 
I think, I think words matter so much as it did for Sarah in that, you know, she rephrased the question, but in the same way that his word does not return void and his word is alive, he is very much alive just as he was over 2000 years ago. And he is healing hearts. He is binding up the brokenhearted. He did it for Sarah and he longs to do it for others. And, Mm. you know, I hope that this story and pray, like you said, that this story opens the eyes and hearts of, of those who've been a little leery around inner healing to maybe investigate it. It might be the very thing that they need, um, an encounter with Jesus to set them free. Mm-hmm. So in the show notes, I think it would be really important for us to, um, link the ministry that, uh, or ministries that are available we, for others. We could put several in there. Yeah. Maybe mining the truth. We could put the peelers in there. Mm-hmm. We could put, um, upper room and there's storehouse I think does one as well. And, um, yeah, so for sure put those in, but if you have a friend or (laughs) a family member that, um, you know, is a little apprehensive when it comes to inner healing, or maybe they've never even heard of inner healing. I just want to encourage our listeners, share this story, share this story because, um, Jesus is alive and he is healing the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it for Sarah and he loves to do it for others. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love the, that the title of this is, uh, I think today's the day is an appropriate title because today can be your day. Mm. Uh, you know, no matter where you're at, today could be your day. The implication is to, to not... It's hard. Life is hard. Life can be very hard. Um, but to continue to ask, seek, knock. He's doing something with today that's leading you towards your encounter. Mm, come on. That is so, so good. All right. We love guys. Yep. Stay tuned for part two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the physical, physical healing is Up coming. next is the physical healing. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.